0: From the bayous in Louisiana, to the timber country up north. You'll find them out on the trapline, chasing furs to put up on the board. Mixing up another batch of that magical stuff, chilling around the fire after the show. Hey, it's Sarah and Jeff, and maybe a guest on the trapping radio. Hi, and welcome to Trapping Radio 2.0. This is Jeff Dunlap. I'm running this uh, operation for the week, and I'm hoping everybody is getting ready for trapping season, already has traps in the ground. Uh, We have traps in the ground already. Well, we had them. We had to pull them because we had to run down to Iowa uh, to a wedding. Um, We also had to come down, and we're marking Marking trails for coon, and we are also uh, pre-staking some stuff. So it just is fun to get out here and you know uh, go out and start doing it again. You know, we've been talking about it since last season ended, and now we're going back and you know getting ready to get out there and get after it. Uh, we we wasn't able to get a bunch of stuff set out in Michigan. Um, I think uh, we had a, like a uh, have under a dozen traps set because we knew we were only gonna be able to have them set for you know like three days, and but uh, we had to get out there and get it. Uh, and uh, I'm sad to say that uh, on the, the sets that me and Sarah had in, uh, she uh, on catch percentages she kicked my butt. So, um, but uh, she's she's lucky for her. Didn't have him in the ground longer because I was getting ready to really show her who the boss was on that. So, actually, thank God we, we uh, had to set them off and I get a new start. So, round one, Sarah. But um, what we're going to talk about this week is, uh, you know, I, I don't know. When I'm sitting here for for an hour talking, we could end up on anything. I could. Uh, so, the, what we're going to start off talking about is beaver trapping um with you know drowners and you know the system that i use particularly um, it's switched over the years because uh you know new technology comes out and you know can you go with the old technology absolutely does it make my life easier my thing is is i enjoy going out trapping uh and i don't like working on traps um so I don't like uh, hooking a whole bunch of stu- different stuff up. I like having everything uniformed, go out and set the, set, the, set my line up, um, you know, as easily as possible. And I just like being out there and uh, I don't want to, you know, uh, have to do the wire anymore. Uh, I enjoy the system that I have. Um, we're going to talk about different systems that I've used, uh, that I didn't like um, and stuff like that. So. What the system I use now <clears throat> is I use the fiberglass rods, and, and we're going to talk about every different situation. I mean, if you're in, um, you know, Pennsylvania or out uh, in eastern New York, where, um, you know, I can't think of the town, like uh, let's say, uh, you know, like three hours, two or three hours north of New York City, um, you know, up in that area. Basically where you see all the walls built out of rock, the flat rock that they shot at the British with, no, th- you know, that isn't going to be where you every spot you go to you can use a fiberglass rod. Can you use some? Absolutely. Because you can stick them underneath with the fiberglass rods. You can stick them underneath of a rock and stuff uh, t- and wire them off to a tree. But there might be simpler ways to go about um, setting up the stuff rather than, you know, try and force in sets, um, But what I use now, uh, like in when I go to Iowa, it works great, you know, in most of the spots it works great, um, where you can get a 30 inch stake in the ground fairly regularly. Is I got the fiberglass rod, eight foot long. Um, some people want them 10 foot long. I like them eight foot long, because then they, I can slide them in sideways, you know, for like going out of state or long hauls. You know, side a uh, diagonal in the box, and you know, just a, a ten a ten foot is not going to fit in, in my truck, um, and you know, it'd be sticking out the back. Um, so I use the eight foot rods. <clears throat> uh, Jeff Haggerty's system I use on them. Um, if you don't know what that is, you can look it up at j3j3outdoors.com, um, um, or F and T sells them. Uh, Funky sells them. Which uh, uh, we probably should talk about our sponsors. So here we are jumping all over the place. We'll just do this quickly. Uh, F&T is a sponsor for this show. Um, you know, they have everything you need for outdoor hunting, trapping, dog supplies, everything. They have an awesome store up to um, Pino, Michigan. So, you know, check out F&T. They do a lot for trapping and uh, promoting trapping and they always give tons of donations. Um, Yeah, so you know, check them out at uh, fnt.com, fntpost.com, and um, then we also have Funky's Outdoor Supply. um, Alan Sayer, he's a real good friend too, and um, you know, just give Alan a a look and see what he's got on his website at funkytraptags.com, and uh, he makes trap tags. F T makes trap tags. And they both uh, do a really great job. Um, So, anyways, we covered that. Paid the bills, as they would say. Um, But you can go to either one of them sites and get Jeff Haggerty's products. Um, So what it is is on the one end, you have a stopper. Because when you put your lock on, your drowning lock on, you don't want it to go off of the end if the end comes out of the mud, because you're gonna stick the one end in the mud, you don't want your block to just free flow right off the end. Um, I've had that happen before, where the whatever came loose, the end pulled and what came off. And uh, you know, so you wanna make sure that that is it really, uh, you know, whatever you're putting on the end, whether Haggerty system, a bolt and pounding it down or what, heating it up, and pounding it down, whatever you're putting on the end that you stick in the mud it's on really good so you got the whatever on the about a foot up from the bottom and then on the other end you have with the way the haggerty system is is uh i'm trying to think it's like a cap that goes on the end and then you uh you know beat it beat it a little bit with a, a punch tool in like three four spots and then it, it stays around there and then what you have is you have have the lock on the trap and then it slides over that cap you have on the end and then you would run your has a hole in it and you have the T-bar that runs down through the hole in the cap and you know if you watch any of our videos you'll see us use them I mean that's a system we use I mean a lots of people know that's what we use and um, the system works really good I, at first I didn't like it because I used to have it on the my old ones were that you had to keep the trap right on, um, right on the rod, but it's a you know. And when I first started using the Jeff system, I pro, I, I tested the prototypes for them. Um, I wasn't I didn't really didn't like having the trap separate, but I'll tell you what it's it, it's a hell of a lot better. I I think it is to be able to just take the traps off and throw them in a the thing rather than trying. They're all tangled up. You throw them. Don't disconnect them. You throw them up in the all together in the corner so they don't the rods don't blow out, and then uh, the, everything's all tangled up. So it's a lot more convenient to be able to slide them off. We'll say with that system, you know, if you uh, don't get you know don't take care of them and they get a little rust on them, you know, you might have to put them on a wire wheel, you know, and take a little bit off. It ain't a big deal. You do them. I mean, a hundred of them you could do real quick. You know, in 20 minutes or a half hour. Um, and if you, if you paint them, don't give them two or three coats of paint because uh, the lock uh, will have a hard time sliding over or won't at all. Uh, then you'll have to wire wheel it again. So uh, one time Sarah was going to do a demo. I thought it would be nice and paint all of her stuff up nice for her. And um, She gets up in front of everybody. And I just happened to walk in there at that time, and uh, she just couldn't get the damn lock to go on because I had painted it with two or three coats, um, not realizing it at that point. So, you know, I'm saying, telling you to don't, you know, do as I say, not as I do situation. So, um, I'm just basically trying to give you the stuff where, uh, you know, it's caused me problems, some more severe like that situation than others, but, um, the other thing I carry with me for the lock situation when you get out on the line is um, I went and bought a, a wire brush. I carry. Um, I also have a, it's a wire brush, not like one you know, like one that looks like you would brush your teeth with, but uh, it's more pointed. It's on the right on the rod, and it's kind of circular, and it'll go inside of like a circle. Uh, it, and then I can do the inside of them them locks if I need to, like, hit it one real quick with a little wire brush, and it goes just, you know, like, in and out through it. And uh, that works. I carry that right in my bag. I don't have to have it most of the time, but when I need it, it's nice to have it in there. Um, so that's a system I use now. Uh, like I say, you know, you get out, uh, you know, in, in rocky country, you know, um, it's nice to have a couple of them in the truck, the rods. But, you know, you might have to go more with bags or, you know, run, uh, you know, uh, you know nine gauge wire and, you know, wire it off to a rock. Um, the main thing is, is getting it out there. I'm, you know, where that beaver is not gonna get tangled up on the bank. Uh, they have a real soft foot. Uh, you wanna make, sh- you don't want them tangled up on the bank for the reason that you don't want any twist outs. And that was caused by like vegetation, um, you know, stuff like that getting wrapped up in the swivels. So if you get them off the bank, you know, and there isn't a bunch of weeds and stuff out there, uh, you know, they'll just be right there um, if there's nothing to get tangled up on because them swivels are working. So it's important to put that beaver, when you catch it, right where there isn't a bunch of vegetation. If, If you can't drown them out, you know, put them where they can't get all tangled up. You know, if you're was trapping an otter, it's not as big a deal. Um, because it's a big deal, but it's not as big a deal because a otter's got a really tough foot. I've never had one twist out. Um, you know, so the thing is, you know, it's not a big deal. But with beaver it is definitely a big deal, uh, because they will twist out. And then you got a real freaking nightmare on your hands. But you can catch them. Uh, Sarah calls them, uh, if we catch a three-legged beaver, she calls them Nick Ernie Beaver. <laughs> so, uh, Nick don't like it, but it's, it's, it is funny. It's funny every time she says I laugh every time she says it. I like you see when I, when I think about it, I, uh, I start laughing. <laughs> We're busting out Nick's balls, so. Uh, sitting here drinking some trap line coffee. Um, making fun of neck. How could it get any better than this, guys? Um, but the other systems that I, I have, I started out using, was and I still use it sometimes, is uh, like I say, the 9 gauge wire where I'll run the 9 gauge wire off the bank. You know, you could, if, if it's real rocky, you can wire it off to a tree and then go out and wire it to a rock, look someplace where there's a big rock, you know, and wire it to the big rock. And I'm, I am I I've went and went through, I see on Facebook a lot of times people are just starting beaver trapping. And the thing is, is what they do is they will go and they'll get a, one of the plates like you get, a, I don't know what the, the technical term is, but the plates that you get off of the railroads where they run the spikes down through, you find them on the side of the railroads where they, you know, replaced track and stuff or they pulled the tracks out and somebody will put one of those on and throw it out and then they're like uh the beaver you know drug it up on the bank well of course they drug it up on the bank You, you 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 have to use some weight it's i mean they are are a powerful animal and you know if you throw a five pound weight out there they're going to drag it up unless that weight gets hooked behind something. Like if there's a log out there and it's hooked behind the log where they can't pull it, then, then they're going to pull it up. Um, you know, uh, like the, the wheel weight things, uh, the, the, I don't know what they're called. They're, they're the wheel weights things and you throw them out there or like the window weights, the old window weights that uh, are long and tubular. You know, I, I've used those before, two or three of them. You know, the great, great big ones. And, uh, you know, I've had better luck with them. But if you got something flat and, like, you got a clay bottom, a sand bottom, a gravel bottom, if you don't have a lot of weight out there, they're going to get up on the bank and they're going to drag that right up. Because, I mean, they they don't have to make drag it up that, that all the way up on the bank. Generally, they will, but they, they only have to drag it say they get caught and go down like a foot they've only got to drag it out where you know a little bit to get it tangled up up on the bank or around your your stake if they jack that up a little bit so you know you just want to make sure that you use plenty of weight um i like using um i've used Nafa bags especially when i was pissed off at NAFA. uh you know and now that that's the best thing for to use NAFA bags for or or kindling and um after this, what they pulled, with all the trappers, and the thing is, is you can use like uh, like a NAFA bag or a and T sells them now. I use these. Uh, I bought them from Lowe's uh, or Menards. They were orange. So if you're I was trapping private property, uh, I use them. But you know, if you got clear water like in Michigan, you know, you, uh, trapping private or public ground, you don't definitely don't want to use them. Um, but the F&T ones, the black ones, they got a little tie thing on them. You can throw rocks in there, you can shovel dirt, uh, sand, whatever, and throw it out there. You fill them up with sand dirt. The beaver, except for very rare circumstances, uh, you know, is not going to pull that up on there. You fill that up with rocks and throw it out there, they're not going to pull it up on there. Um, you know, so I'll take that and tie that wire around that, throw it out, Hook it to a tree or something on, uh, you know, the bank. Make sure my lock is going the right way because if your lock, it, if you put your lock on backwards, they're going to be str- stranded right where the trap was in that area. So, put your lock on and then have it run, you know, down into the, the deeper water. And um, the other system I use is uh, using three thirty-second seven by seven cable um you know i know some people like uh use an eighth inch eight eighth eighth inch um three thirty second i've never i've never had a beaver you know chew on it or chew through it uh unless they pulled the you know the weight up and then they still weren't getting away because of the cable it's just all tangled up um but the seven by seven three thirty second cable you know, works fine. It's, you know, fairly reasonably priced. It used to be, but like everything else has uh, went through the roof. And, you know, that those are the systems that I pretty much use. i you know, even though I'm running in the areas I'm in, I'm running mostly the fiberglass rods. I will use, you know, I, I always have a wire in my bag, you know, the nine gauge wire. Um, and what I do is I put, on the end of the wire, I'll take a one drowning lock, you know, put on there in case I, you know, need one. And I always have one with me in case you know something happens. Um, and I'll have, you know, that roll of wire, wire cutters, and I also have a few cables, you know, in the truck too. You know, and most time on your line, um, you know, like your home line, you know, you know, hey, I'm going to be stopping over here off of Long Rapids Road by the dam. You know, it's rocky there, I can't get a rod in. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need one over there, you know? So, I mean, you know, you, you, you know, the longer you run your line, the better you know it, and you know what you're gonna need. You know, it's like we're running in some areas, I'd take, you know, four dozen traps. Um, you know, if we're running in another area, I know we, we don't need four dozen, like, I'm only gonna take two, you know? Cause I mean, there's it's good spots, but there just ain't a lot of them, you know? So you get to know your line over the years. And if you don't, you need to. So, so those are you know pretty much the the systems I use, um, and you know th- th- those work good on dams. You know, I mean, the, you know the the all the systems work good on dams. You know, if you can set dams in your state, you know I use them a lot in caster mount sets. Even if I go like into a beaver pond in the fall, you know. Uh, I used to be 330, 330, 330. My favorite set was always, it was always uh, three thirty lure sets. That was my favorite. I mean, that's what I, I was raised doing. You know, my dad, you know, he was out, you know, trapping, and uh, you know, it's legal to to do it, or he just trapped, and you know, he use three thirty lure sets. Um, you know, and it, I mean, you come there, it's, it's dead you just reset the trap, put it back on there and wait for the next one to come, you know? Um, but you know, uh, is it, now they have to be, uh, like, out in Michigan, they have to half submerged. And the thing is, is, uh, you know, with the population higher where I'm at, you know, it's, it's not always the best set. And I don't want to be the guy that catches somebody's dog, and causes a problem for my state or any place I'm visiting. So, you know, do I still set them three thirty lure sets? Absolutely, I do. Um, you know, but uh, mo- uh, mostly went with footholds. Not that they can't cause you problems, because uh, well, I won't go into that. But <laughs> they can still cause you problems. So you got to make sure, you know, you don't run some some dog down to drown her. Um, but because nobody takes accountability for their anymore. It's always your fault. Even if you're on your own property, it's always your fault. I've never seen, that's a part, and this is gonna be a little rant. Uh, I've never seen where you have permission on a property. I mean, wh- what does this country come to where you pay taxes on a property and I give you permission to come trap my property and then some dog owner over here lets his dog run loose And I'm and you, me and you are the assholes because we're doing something on my property that we have every right to be there, and they don't have any right to be there. Yet we're the assholes and got to watch what we're doing. That is like crazy shit. So that's that's my little rant. Um, I could go on about that for an hour because it really does piss me off that you know, other than a than a dog owner, I mean, who would who would Tell you what you could do on your property, you know. I mean, these the homeowners and people do not take responsibility at all. So, anyways, that's why I don't because of people like we we're just discussing um, don't set as many three thirty lower sets. Um, you know, like I go to Louisiana, you got every legal right to set them uh, uh, any set you want down there. There's only two laws. 24 hour check, teeth in the, you know, no teeth, you know, and I mean, there's a few other ones, but you know, those are the main ones. Um, and, you know, and I still, that doesn't mean if I go down to a boat launch, cause I got the legal right to put a 330 there and it's legal, it's not the best policy, you know? So, you know, if you are going out using 330s and just getting into beaver trapping, you know, just don't go fling and steal like that wherever, wherever because, you know, you cause yourself problems. And just because you're legally right doesn't mean you won't get personally sued. Um, you know, I was legally right in Michigan. Um, I, I caught a dog up there in a 220. I got sued over it. Um, I won, but, um, you know, I, every, I was doing everything legally right. Wasn't around any houses, wasn't any, And I got sued over it and we, i went in before the magistrate and the magistrates was filling in for the judge and the guy says uh listen um the magistrate says listen uh we're just gonna you know have him figure out how many pups he would that dog would have had um it would have been and then you know basically when you guys come back dunlap you're paying and um so i was going back figuring I mean, this is a long time ago i mean this is a long time ago and um, I figured I'm going to be paying him. And the judge was back from vacation, and uh, he threw it out as an act of God. He goes, I don't know what he was talking about. Uh, you're not getting paid. This was a legal set. Uh, he wasn't, you know, doing anything wrong. It's just sometimes bad things happen. And it was an act of God. And um, you know, and uh, I I felt bad about you know the guy's dog, but uh, you know I don't want to pay. $30,000 for a $500 dog either, you know, uh, cause that's how it always is. So that's why I'm saying, you know, he doesn't, if you get that magistrate, it could cost you $30,000 on a $500 dog because every dog that gets killed is never a shit eater. You know, so, you know, you're going doing this for fun. You're not making a, you know, a million dollars out there doing this. So just be careful to protect yourself. And protect other trappers, and especially if you go out of state, you know you really watch what you do because, um, you know, the thing is, is you're we're all Americans, but when you go to a different state, you know, you're and they let you trap there, you're an invited guest, and um, you know if you're going to somebody else's house, act accordingly. You know, I mean, don't be a don't be a shithead asshole that just leaves, uh, you know, all your stuff on the floor in the bathroom and causes somebody else a problem. And that, so that's one reason I want, you know, more to footholds, um, you know, and they, they, you know, I, I had the same success rate, maybe more um, with the footholds. Um, it just takes a little, you know, a little bit more time to set it up with, you know, putting the rod in and doing all that, but that's all right. That's what I'm out there for. <laughs> um, but I like using, you know, like on the, like I say, in the beaver, uh, uh, ponds. If I'm gonna go into a beaver pond um, I'm gonna you know make castor mount sets. It doesn't matter if I'm going out doing helping somebody I'm not an ADC trapper but I'll, you know if I got you know a farmer that has a problem uh, you know I go over there and help them out and I'll if and even in the summertime I'll make caster mount sets and stuff like that and I, I hear different people say well caster doesn't work in the summertime. Bullshit. Bullshit it don't. You know and I you say uh, you know, I, now if you go down south, um, you know castor doesn't work as good as it does up north. Bullshit. I've caught thousands and thousands and thousands of beaver on a big pile that's got castor in it. Down in Louisiana, Alabama, uh, Mississippi, uh, Georgia. Uh, you know, you know, I could go Arizona. You know, so and we got in trouble with Arizona. They didn't want the ranchers didn't want the beaver caught. You know, because they don't have that much water, and it was in. Uh, you know, the Alamo River. And so they weren't as happy in Arizona with us killing their beaver as, uh, you know, like a landowner in, uh, let's say, Alabama, you know, in Butler, Alabama. So, yeah, we weren't the big heroes on that one. Um, so, but, you know, I go in there and use that. If I go and get a catch, or if I have a miss, I know it's hard to believe I have a miss, but, um, anybody tells you they don't is lying or doesn't trap it or doesn't trap anymore and just talks about it. Um, but if I have a miss, I'll switch over, like with big pile, I'll switch over to, you know, dead man's hand, you know, something like that to switch it up. I'll leave that set in and then I'll move over and put in, you know, like a post set, something like that. Um, you know, to try and pick up that beaver. Basically I'm trying to change up what, what scared him or her into something else and, you know, have it look like something else. And, um, you know, there's sometimes just, uh, you know, when the, when them beaver get spooked, they just, uh, they're they're hard to catch. Um, I had one I never did catch. You know, I couldn't catch it. Um, I tried everything. Sarah claims she caught it, but, you know, this was like the Moby Dick beaver and Moby Dick was, n- Beaver was not, uh, you know, like a 10 pound beaver, you know. Moby, this Moby Dick beaver was probably like, I don't know, in my mind, I would say a 70 pounder, and its brain was like half half the body weight, you know. So, because I had to, I went and on this beaver, I did, uh, like a 330 half submerged, you know, out in the creek with the beaver smeared above, uh, or the beaver lure smeared above, and they he would build a caster mound, I build a caster mound. I'd set his, he'd go build another one. I'd set that one, keep moving. Me and him were like playing, uh, you know, chess. I was playing checkers, and that beaver was playing chess. And, uh, you know, and then Sarah, and this, you know, Sarah went, and this we're talking about, you know, changing things up. She went and put her muskrat love on a one and a one and a half for muskrats, and said, well, maybe, uh, you know, it'll come into this and I'm like there ain't no way in hell that's it's coming in anyways she did catch a beaver and then that other one c- quit I will have to admit it did maybe that one getting caught scared it because it never went back and built any more castor mounds after that I don't know I think me and Sarah have and you should draw your own conclusions so um but I but she did catch it on Mus- a beaver on muskrat love and then there was no more problems so I don't know i don't want to think too deep into this <laughs> but but the thing is is um when i go into them ponds that's you know my one of my that's like my, my go-to set is a castor mound um, you know i mean that's they're territorial even in the summertime and stuff you know um and then you get you get in the spring and it just cranks on you know and that's my favorite time to trap beavers in the springtime we went through the whole winter you know uh if you're in the north you have dealt with cold and ice and freezing and if you're in the middle you know you've been you've been dealing with you know snow rain mud snow froze mud you know more mud more mud more mud you all know what i'm talking about and if you're in the south you've dealt with rain 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 cold freezing more rain and uh you know so In the springtime, up in the north, it's really nice um, just to get out there in the springtime. and You know, it's like hoodie weather, which is my favorite kind of weather. And, you know, some days it gets, you know, hot and you're in a t-shirt. So, um, you know, it's just, that's my favorite beaver trapping is, you know, spring beaver trapping. Plus, you know, like, Right now, if we start beaver trapping, like this is uh, October, say November 1st, when the season opens in my area in Michigan, I go go into the, there's got to be beaver cuttings there. If there isn't a beaver there, there's no sense setting it. Um, In the springtime, on any river, all I need to do is have a spot to you know, a five-foot spot to put you know a couple of traps in, and I'm trapping the whole damn river. You know, 20 miles up, 20 miles down, any beaver that on that water fluctuation, because uh, that you know they're kicking out the two-year-olds, um, and them they're on the move looking for their own area. And plus, you know, with the water fluctuation, if the beaver get flooded out, they're going to be moving on that high water, and then when the water drops, they're fluctuating back. So you know. That's why I like the spring season, because of, uh, you know, it's just a fun way to trap for me. And a a lot of other guys, especially like in Minnesota, they do exceptionally well out there. You know, they got a lot of beaver, but you know, a lot of them guys, you know, are piling piling them up. And a lot of good beaver trappers in Minnesota. But, um, I like to, uh, you know, get out there and, and have fun doing it. And that's, like I say, my f- favorite time of year, um, you know, to trap them, you know, but, uh, but now, you gotta go in the fall, go hunt them down, you know, in the spring, they'll hunt you down. And that's the way I like it. <laughs> get out of the truck, walk 20 feet, set the traps, walk back to the truck, drive to the next spot and repeat. And repeat and repeat. So, I. Uh, but this fall, you know, we're gonna we got some beaver complaint problems that they want trapped. I generally, a November beaver generally looks like crap, uh, in northern Michigan. Um, you know we you know and and you can even trap them October twenty fifth in the U P. October and beginning November beaver just don't look good. I generally don't trap them a lot anymore, um, you know. If unless right alongside the road, where you know the ADC business for the county is going to come and do it, or you know the USDA is going to go trap them, um, you know. But generally, I I just you know leave them till, till later, uh, especially when Beaver prices were down. Nobody nobody but the USDA or the county trapper was going to go trap them anyway. So for the most part in our area. Now everybody's a beaver trapper up there, but. Um, I, uh, but So now what we're gonna be doing is, uh, you know, going trapping, um, we got some raccoons sold, and I've talked to some buyers that are gonna be buying raccoons, and you know, they ain't gonna buy no junk. Um, you know, I mean, they want good, good big raccoons. If you're catching little ones, turn them loose. Or if for a farmer, you know, shoot them and dispose of them properly. You know, it's just the way it is. Um, but, you know, we got some uh, Iowa raccoons sold. A few northern, big northern Michigan ones were, you know, we selling these people, you know, for hats every year and, you know, so we got some sold. Uh, you know, I mean, they want them because they're you know great color, you know for for the hats, um, and they're a little bit you know lighter than the Northern Michigan coon as far as when they're when they're tanned and easier to work with, but still ha- a heavy coon. Um, so, you know that being said, I mean, I know that there's going to be some guys buying, you know, but the thing is, you know, it's like I see somebody, you know, again on Facebook, you know where they somebody's trapping coon in northern Wisconsin where they're, uh, you know, Western heavies, you know, uh, just an awesome coon. And somebody in Alabama's asking, why are you trapping coons? They're not worth nothing. Well, no, an Alabama coon is not worth anything. It just isn't, other than the meat, which if you live down there, I don't know why you wouldn't be selling the meat uh, and just throw the hide away. But, you know, you're talking about two different animals. You know, I mean, a coon, uh, you know, there's, you know, maybe get 12, 14 bucks still in North, say, the big coon in northern Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, uh, South Dakota, you know, that area, which is even bigger than the coon that we have in northern lower peninsula in Michigan. Um, the thing is, is, uh, you know, you're, you can't compare what a, a Louisiana raccoon, to, to uh, you know, northern Wisconsin, but you know, uh, people think that cuz it's a raccoon it's a raccoon it ain't the, the your larger your adult raccoons look like these ones babies you know and it, it looks like they're babies in July you know so you know it's like with our raccoons in northern northern lower peninsula where i live you know uh, a year a year old you know the one of kuna was born in the spring in december is going to stretch Generally, 27 to 29. If you get late litters in that, you know, of course, there are going to be some smaller ones, but you know, a lot of times they're going to be a 27 to 29 inch cone. So, you know, I mean, I've caught a lot of raccoons in Louisiana that were 27 to 29, and they were a hell of a lot older than, you know, nine months or six months or whatever the hell it is. So, it's just they're, they're different. Um, you know, I sold a lot of coon out of, I caught, say, in Louisiana. Um, there's, two, you know, like, two for sure different kinds. There's a semi-heavy, and I've done real good on them, and then you got the coat coon, and I haven't never done as well. You know, if we were in 19, 1985, we'd do really good on them coon. Not so much now. But, um, you know, but you get a lot of the guys that, uh, and girls that, um you know, it's like you say, well, Coon aren't worth anything. I'm not going trapping them. They said the same thing. I always, I always said, you know, if you don't go catch, if you don't go trap it, when the price comes up, if it does come up, you're, uh, you don't have any to sell anyways. And the way the market now is, is if let's say something goes up now, that don't mean shit next year. You're you, that that's done. You know it could be good it could probably be bad it's like a one-year market and you know uh you, you have to you have to hit it when it's hot or you just you know you, you lost out um so but last fall guys were saying oh, i'm not going trapping beaver for five dollars and i'm like I'm, i love going trapping them that's what i do i'm going to do it and uh you know you know we uh, average in the end was, uh, we averaged $24 on grease beaver. And that was Louisiana beaver, Arkansas beaver, Iowa beaver, and uh, North, northern lower peninsula beaver. So from four states, all over the board on what they look like, um, you know, we averaged $24, and count them, Not for grease beaver. And if you don't know what greased beaver is, that's just skinned and frozen. Um, you know, so I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, when we were in Louisiana, um, we sold them to uh, a buyer down there. And uh, we got, that would be right before it started coming up and we got $9 in the carcass with the casters cut out. And then we had some grease ones. I think we had like, a, I don't know, let's say 130, 140 uh, grease ones. And then a pile of um, on ones and they all averaged $9. And we were thrilled to get the $9, especially they're gonna pay us nine bucks. You know, we we're I sold them the year before uh, and only got nine. The year before, I got five, average five or six uh, in Greece. And then the year before that, I got nine. And then, you know, so if you can sell them in the carcass, I'm like, shit, this is a pretty good deal. And there's lots of beaver, you know. So, but the thing is, is if we hadn't went and trapped them and we didn't have them built up all season, when we could, got, could get the $24, we wouldn't have had any. Wouldn't have, had, wouldn't have had the beaver to sell you know it's like right now you could get $24 for grease beaver you know um, so I get people contacting me all the time wanting to buy the beaver this year already you know so that's what I'm saying is is if the coon market goes up I'm not saying it's going to but if it does um you know uh, let's say it goes up in January where are you going to go get the coon? You know, I mean, they're going to look like shit. They've been in the, in the dens, most likely. They're going to be pissed all over each other, piss stained, and they ain't worth shit. You know, even on a good coon market, they ain't worth shit. So if you don't go out and you don't get them and the market does go up like the beaver market did, because people say, well, uh, the market's dead forever. That's what they said. And I mean, you're getting $24 and counting them on grease beaver. Now, that seems pretty, the way that things, that, that doesn't seem dead to me, you know, and uh, so that's the thing is, is uh, everybody has to make their own decisions. I, I, I go out and try and find markets to sell this stuff, you know, do I want to, you know, necessarily go out there and kill something and then just throw it in the ditch? No, that ain't really me, you know, but I'll go out there and work and try and come up with markets to sell it. In um, and, and like last year, uh, most of the people that went to, you know, like the state sales and stuff, you know, I mean, if you took something in there, somebody bought it, you know. I mean, was it for a million bucks? No, no, not necessarily. But you could sell it and you didn't have to throw it away, you know, and uh, you were helping out turkeys and rabbits and all the other stuff, you know, so, which a lot of people care about that, you know, so... Everybody has to make their own decision on what they do and what you know the lines they cross or don't cross. But uh, you know, for me, I'm I'm going to be out there trapping. I'm a trapper. I'm not a deer hunter. I'm not a rabbit hunter. I'm not a hound guy. Um, I, I I I I self-identify as a trapper, and that's it. Um, you know, and I if you know, and if you identify as a trapper. The, the, you'd think that that would mean that you go trapping. doesn't have to be 200 traps in the ground, but you damn sure ought to set one because you can't soak your line for 20 years and still qualify as a trapper. You could say I'm a trapper's uh, ally. I, I believe in trapping. But if you haven't, don't set traps since 1982 and you ain't doing nothing to support trapping, you're not a trapper. You know, I, I, I don't consider myself a deer hunter. Have I ever went deer hunting in my life? Absolutely. But I haven't went deer hunting, I'm trying to think, I'm guessing 15 years. And if, and if I go deer hunting this year, which I'm planning on, I still don't call, call myself a deer hunter, you know? So that's the thing is, uh, you know, be a trapper, go out there and set a few traps, have fun. Uh, if you know some kids, take some kids out. Um, they, they love it. And uh, that was some of my best times last year down here at Coon Trapping in Iowa. They, uh, you know, taking the kids out and they get all excited and, you know, set you know set the trap here, have them, you know, shoot some videos with them. I mean, we, we just had a ball. That was, that was my fondest memories uh, last year of trapping was going out with, uh, you know, Sarah's nieces and nephews and stuff like that. Uh, it was just a ball, just a ball, and uh, they'll remember that their whole life. And the thing is, is uh, maybe sometime they won't be identify themselves as trappers, um, and maybe they'll never go set another trap the rest of their lives. But you know what? They're not going to be against trapping, and um, that's just as that's just as important. Having people that are on our side that may not do it, you know the people in the middle, and um, and it's fun to get out there, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you're going to spend your hard-earned money, gas right now is like, I don't know, let's say three fifty a, a gallon, you know, it costs money to go do it, but uh, you know, it costs money to go do everything else too, it costs money to go to the movies, it costs money to, you know, just survive and um, you know if you really enjoy trapping I would, you know I would get out there. It's not it, it's gonna cost, you know, but um, hopefully if you know if you live in a northern state, you can go to like a state sale and unload them and at least get get some back. but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be out there regardless. I'll find some place to sell them. You know, maybe I can't sell a thousand of them, but I'm, you know, somebody out there will buy, you know, three, four, 500. But yeah, and uh, we still got, uh, from the coon we caught last year, we had still got a hundred in the freezer. I scraped some of those and they still look good. Um, we put them in uh, like uh, Walmart bags and we went and bunched them all up, you know, kind of rolled them up and put one in those Walmart bags and tied it and, um, uh, you know, just threw them in the freezer like that. And, uh, I had never done that before, uh, but, uh, they weren't freezer burned or anything except for one had, uh, some dots on it, which might've been freezer burned, might not have been, I wasn't sure, but, uh, we talked to Ben at sleepy Creek and said, you know, if we send that them in, cause I don't want to sell them to somebody. You know, then they have problems with them we just tan them ourselves you know would them dress out and he said uh, you know once they're tanned and dressed out that you know the, the very very seldom does the hair come out of them uh, they should be good to go so so you know if you got any fur that uh, you know might be possibly freezer burnt that's a good tip I'm glad that uh, we got from Ben so because that, that's where we send our stuff to get tanned is you know um, you know Ben out to Sleepy Creek. He, uh, he handles, you know, uh, Sarah's products and, you know, one, you know, you got people that take good care of you, you got to take good care of them and um, and he does a great job and the other thing I like is, uh, you know, I get the owner on the phone if there's a problem, you know, there's somebody to bitch at, <laughs> you know, not that I'd bitch at ben, ben necessarily, but if I wanted to, I'd get him on the phone to do it. so. You know, I, I like that where you're dealing. You know, with a company that's big enough to do a lot of stuff, a lot of a lot of fur, but uh, still small enough that you could get the owner on the phone. You know, I call it the Moyles. I don't think I'm getting the owner on the phone. So maybe you can. I can't. There's, I, I think there's zero chance I'm going to get him on the phone if it's even a man. It could be a woman these days. So. Um. So with the, one last thing, uh, you know, I'll cover before before we go. Um, if you're just starting out trapping, um, you know, you, you and you need any help, if you just reach out to me or Sarah, um, you know, we try and help people as much as we can. And um, you know, a lot of times people don't want to ask questions in public, like on Facebook or you know, YouTube. Because they think that people are going to pile on them, and being honest, there's a lot of times that they do. You know, they, uh, you know, you're a beginner and you don't know something, and they forgot 25 years ago they learned it from somebody else, uh, and you're the dummy because you don't know. They didn't know shit either. You know, um, you know. I mean, if they knew, why do they call the hole? I mean, if they knew it all by themselves, why do they call the hole? I mean, that's the industry standard. Apparently, somebody taught them that because they didn't come up with the name Dirt Hole on their own, um, you know, just like you didn't um, and I didn't, you know, so, you know, uh, but if you are a new trapper getting into it and you need help, if you reach out, we don't make fun of anybody, um, you know, because they don't know, um, you know, we definitely want to help you, uh, you know, because I feel this way and Sarah feels this way, um, you know, if you're successful out there and having a good time, because being success, six, you can have a good time and not be successful. Time after time after time of no success doesn't always breed the, the you know, it, it breeds discouragement. And uh, we don't want you to get discouraged. And if we can help you in some way, you know, we, we definitely are there for you. If, you. if you want help, we're there to help. Um, you, know, it's, uh, you know, people are going to say, well, you just do this and it's easy you know even trapping raccoon all you gotta do is go set the you know the dp in the ditch yeah in october november you know that yeah that works great you know w- what about when the corn's picked and, the, and they are, are moved back down and it got cold and they're not in the cornfields anymore that they're down on the water you know yeah i mean everything it, it's not as easy as everybody says yeah when you're sitting on the computer screen talking about it on facebook or telling your, your stories from 32 years ago, everything's easy. When you're actually the one out there doing it and not succeeding, it's not that easy because everybody has horror stories. I have horror stories. Everybody has. Clint has horror stories. Jeff Haggerty has horror stories. Nick Ernie has horror stories. Everybody has failed. You just don't see the failures. you know. So if we can help you, avoid some of them failures that we've had um, and make you more help you be successful and have a better time out there with your kids or just yourself or your wife or your girlfriend you know that's what that that's uh what we want to do and and hopefully you know there's a that uh you know you you find other people like that too because there's a lot of them in, in the trapping world that are like that there are some shitheads for sure but there's shitheads and everything in the church even, I know it's hard to believe, but even in the church there's sheds, so. So on that, if you're a beginner trapper and you're having problems, um, let me think, um, and you don't ask, then uh, you know, there's nothing I can do for you You know, other than keep making videos and hopefully you see one of them. But um, I appreciate everybody tuning in this week. Um, you know, we're going to try and we've been missing some weeks when we we're doing conventions. We uh, also, uh, you know, was, you know, had uh, death in the family, we went to funerals and, you know, just life stuff. Um, so it hasn't been every week. Um, we're going to try and do better about getting them up, um, as long as, you know, there isn't more weddings or un- sudden deaths. So, and we're hoping that, um. You know that there is no, you know, it, it, there is no more. So, um, I, not of the weddings, but you know what I mean. Um, so, anyways, we'll. I'll try to do better. I appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, all the good, and, good, and great friends I got out there, and have always supported me. And like uh, I, for you, for uh, you people, I really. I really do appreciate it. Trappers have always been good to me. So, and uh, I appreciate it more than you know.